Uh, I got my cup of tea. Yeah, I've got my tea as well. I've got my cigarettes. The cat is in a box in the hallway. So the there will be in a box. Yeah, there will be no interruptions. I've got a big empty TV box um, that I've got in the hallway, and it's been in there. A new TV? Well, no, it's it's from the TV I bought three years ago. I just never got rid of the box. Oh Something, Jesus! Yeah, so it was it was it was just a collector of stuff, and I empty it every now and again. And um, yeah, the cat has decided if that's his favorite place to sleep. Sure, of course. Yeah, so that's, a, that's the infamous cat trap. Just yes. put out a box and you'll catch a cat. Exactly, and it kind of works for Ziggy. So um, <laughs> I have to get him out of the routine of sleeping in there for fifteen hours of the day and then waking up while I'm asleep. But um, you know, it's kind of working. Yeah, I think the key would be to pester him during the day when he's trying to sleep and keep him up like he would do to you at night. Yeah, well, thing is, I mean, after his little shenanigans last week where um, I refused to let him out at 2 o'clock in the morning and um, he trashed my flat, I um, thought to myself, right, I need to nip this in the bud pretty smartish because he broke three plates, tried to kill my stereo and um, lost six pounds of my money that I had on a shelf. And oh my God. the six pounds are still missing. I've sorted the stereo out. I binned at the broken plates, and um, he's kind of, I don't know, um, nonplussed about the whole thing because he's a cat. <laughs> of, yeah, of course. Why would he give a shit? Exactly. He's killing, he's destroying things. He broke a lamp I was going to sell to somebody. Uh, it was uh, uh, one of those gas lamps, proper gas lamps. And I'd ha- oh, really? Yeah, I've had it for a few years because it, it was a really nice piece and it had some nice glass on it. And um, I woke up one morning to find that the gas lamp itself has no glass and it shattered all over the floor. Nice. Yeah, so that was well. Thanks very much, Niggy. You- well. <laughs> To the UHM Podcast with your hosts, Ryan and Shane. Well, this is your Dealing with Asshole Cats podcast, yeah. formerly, the UH, formerly the UHM Podcast. Yeah. We're doing a format change today. <laughs> but uh, but seriously, we're on. Uh, this is episode fifteen here. We sort of dodged a bullet on the last one we recorded. We almost lost episode fourteen. I thought it was gone for about three or four weeks, and then I recovered the files. Long story, um, long but st- it will come out. Long story short, Ryan lost the plot, and that's exactly yeah. what happened. Yeah, and he kind of went into a bit of a fit, and uh, um, think. Things were punched. Yes. Did you say things were broken as well? Um, not irreparably. That's okay then. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm your host, Ryan Tudelo, and uh, with me, of course, is my co-host, Shane Smith. Greetings Shane, all. Shane, how is, how is everything going? Um, it's okay. It's good. Um, Other than the cat, obviously. We already yeah, know that. Yeah, um, it's okay. I'm still breathing, so that's the main thing. And I'm here talking to you. So it's a winner, basically. That doesn't get any better than that, right? Damn right. 
So we are the uh, official official podcast of UpcomingHorrorMovies.com. And uh, if you guys would like to help out the podcast, you can go to HorrorPack.com slash go slash UHM podcast and uh, sign up for a Horror Pack where you can get four awesome horror movies delivered to your door every month. And uh, you can pick a Blu-ray or a DVD pack and, you know, it would help the podcast out a little bit if you guys did that. Or you could just give us cash. That'd be good, too. Cash is we always will, good. We will accept cash. Yes, I will accept cash especially because I'm even my microphone. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, if, you no- if you notice, that we are having a little audio quality issue this week, but we're going to power through it, and so should you. So sit there and listen, God damn it! If you don't, I'll send the boys around, or I'll send the cats around. Either way. That's right. Oh, pardon me. What was that? I just farted. <laughs> <laughs> It sounded like you moved a bookcase. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I did not expect that. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, I fucking hope not. Uh, but <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so Shane, uh, what have you been up to lately in terms of your watching, reading, listening, whatever? What, what What's going on with you? Um, right, well, obviously, there's been a break in TV shows for me because uh, obviously, a Thanksgiving break has happened. So, there's, I've not really been watching much in the way of TV shows per se. Um, I've been uh, watching, I don't know if you, any of you guys in America have heard of a TV show called Mongols. It's, no. It's a, basically, it's a puppet show for adults. Um, that basically has, um, it's got a fox with Tourette's, um, another fox who's like super intelligent and uh, likes to try and see the good in everything, um, a dog that's so unbelievably vain that it will do anything to get its own way. Um, you have a pigeon with um, a superiority complex who wants to kill everybody and take over the world. And uh, it's basically full of adult humour and lots of jokes that are quite off the cuff and pushes a lot of boundaries. And uh, it's politically incorrect and I absolutely love it. So I've been watching that. Um, I've been watching films, a lot of films recently, obviously for the purpose of the podcast as well. Yep. And... uh, just watching lots of the horror channel, which is kind of entertaining, um, because tonight they've got Dead Snow two on. So uh, I still haven't seen that one. I haven't, but I've got the TV on at the moment, and I can turn over the channel and find that oh, nothing's happening. Well, why don't why don't we just sit here and we'll watch it, and or you'll watch it, and you'll explain to me what's happening on the screen. Well, we uh, well, it's not on for another forty five minutes anyway. Oh, okay. That's all right. But yeah, so that's on tonight. Just uh, catching up on TV shows, rewatching old old ones that I've not seen. Um, that's about it. You know, uh, listening to lots of music, listening to the Mission album on repeat because I'm absolutely loving the Mission album. Mission album. Yep. And I've, I have been um, regressing back to childhood albums, so listening to a lot of. 80s metal, funnily enough. Nice. Yeah, 
So like a bit of Anthrax, Motley Crue, Megadeth, all that kind of stuff. Yep. And um, oddly enough, uh, Metallica, which is funny because I'm not usually a fan of Metallica. I loved the first album many years ago. And then, Kill them all? Yeah. And then uh, heard a few tracks off the new one, and I have to say I'm quite impressed. Yeah, speaking of the new album, that's actually something that I've been getting into. I picked it up this week, and I am unabashedly a Metallica fan. And I'm glad Mike's not on this podcast, because I'm sure he'd have some type of metal snobbery to <laughs> shove down my throat. Yeah. As he always does. Um, but no, I, I really like this new album from, from Metallica. I think it's good. Um, I, in a lot of ways, it sort of harkens back to a lot of spots in their career. It's not just... Like people say, that's a throwback to their thrash days. It's it, there's a couple songs that are like that, but a lot of it has a lot of blues influence that you would see on the Load and Reload albums. Right. Um, and I say that sort of in a positive way. A lot of people don't like those albums because they were so different from the ones before them. Yeah. But you know, any any artist comes out and they change as uh, they go through their lives. No musician puts out the same music every fucking album. Mm. Otherwise, why would you buy the new one? Exactly. See, but yeah, I've been li- I've been liking this one too. Yeah, see, for, um, see for me because obviously with the new Mission album, it's uh, it is a return to their goth roots. And being an old goth, I used to love all the stuff that they did in the eighties, and this one goes back to that in quite a spectacular way. And yeah. from track one, I was just absolutely amazed. I was like, "Fuck, this is awesome!" And it sounds like one of their earlier albums, which is great. But um, also, when it comes to stuff like that, old goth and metal, um, I may have mentioned this before, but I've been listening to an album called The Zune by The Nephilim. Mm-hmm. And um, that came out 20 years ago. And it's still on heavy rotation because it's just an amazing album. It's, it's very death metal, it's very goth. Nice. It's um, got elements of industrial in it, and because I love my industrial as well. So it's. One of those albums I bought 20 years ago, and um, I absolutely love it. So uh, if anybody's heard of a band called The Nephilim, and they can find an album called Zune, I recommend it. Sweet. Mm. Yeah, I've also been reading comics from comic books. I know I mentioned last uh, last time I was uh, getting into uh, Frank Miller. Uh, not Frank Miller, I'm sorry. Uh, Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. Yeah. Um, so I finished up that run, and it was awesome. And I might release that little description I did of Swamp Thing as a sort of like little bonus material or something on the channel. I don't know. Oh, nice. I'll just put it out there. Cause it was, it was pretty amusing going through what happened. Yeah. Um, other than, uh, other than that, I'd been reading most of the justice league dark from the new 52, um, which it's probably something you'd, you'd kind of get into. I bet it's uh it's a, I wouldn't call them a superhero team, but they're a team of paranormal investigators, basically uh, led by John Constantine. Right. And it's got, you know, like Swamp Thing, um, Zantana, Zatanna, uh, Dead Man, a bunch of other DC sort of mystical characters that deal with demons and magic and all kinds of stuff. And it's it's been actually a really good read. Cool. Um, the only things I don't like about it, 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 it's when the series has to has to come into contact with the rest of the DC universe, like. I don't like seeing John Constantine and Superman in the same fucking room. I think that's dumb. Yeah. It just it just doesn't work. Like, they're two totally different things, and I feel like they should stay separate. But 
other than that, it's been pretty good. Cool. Uh, Movie-wise, movie-wise, I've been watching so many goddamn shitty horror movies and shitty Christmas-themed horror movies lately. I plowed through a couple doozies. Um, all, I'm trying to do a bunch of um, reviews for the for the site. Um, I want my goal is to get twelve of them done in September. Right, uh, September, December, uh, twelve of them done in December for the uh, twelve days of Christmas. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I'm going to be able to do it, but I'm going to try. <laughs> and it's I thought it's too easy to do movies that you like, so I also did movies I haven't seen and movies that I know I hate. Right. I feel like that'd be interesting to go over. So that's kind of what I've been doing and torturing myself again. For you, for you people's entertainment, going over these turds. Well, we got a good episode today. Today we're doing mostly good movies, actually, um, and almost all of them are Christmas themed. Yes, I think I think this is going to be part one of our uh, of our Christmas discussion. Um, so happy holidays to all if you're listening to this in December, which you probably are, because I'm not going to get it edited until then. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, yeah, we thought let's, uh, let's kick it off with our first one. Um, the big Christmas movie from last year. In fact, it's one of the only Christmas horror movies in the last, uh, probably 10 years, um, to get a release in theaters. And that's Krampus. Yeah. 2015, um, directed by Michael Doherty, the, uh, same guy that made everybody's favorite Halloween movie, Trick or Treat. Yay! And I, I really hope that he keeps like a holiday theme going. I would love to see an Easter movie next, and then you know maybe like a Thanksgiving movie, hey, and just all holiday themed horror movies. That would be amazing. That would be awesome. See, I love Trick or Treat, Trick or Treat. Sorry, I absolutely adore that movie, and I watch it any other. I watch it all the time. You know, not just for Halloween. It is one of those movies I can quite happily put on and watch any time of the year. Um, And uh, I just thought, I actually thought with Krampus, I thought it was a really good film. I really enjoyed it. I really liked the story. Um, And I love the little twists and turns in it. And I just thought it was brilliant. It was really well done. Yeah, I thought it was good. Did did you think it... It held up to Christmas the same way that Trick or Treat holds up to Halloween. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. Um, yeah, I thought it was a little bit under. Like when I Trick or Treat is like the perfect Halloween movie. Yeah. And Krampus, I'm like, okay, it's good, but I don't know if it's that good. Yeah. See, I I, I really enjoyed um, how the cast were um, given the roles and actually played up to it. I mean, the the kids. I mean, a lot of the kids in it annoyed the fuck out of me, but then kids annoy me anyway. But um, Of course. Yeah, I just thought it was really well done, and it was actually quite well acted. And it's got Tony Collette, so, you know, and I like Tony Collette. I think she's a really good actress. I can always remember, yeah. but one of the first major horror movies, per se, that I saw her in was The Sixth, Sixth Sense mm-hmm. a few years back. And I thought that was, what, 17 years ago? When that came out, must have been. Um, geez, I, it might be older than that. Was that like '98? I didn't sit because it got released in the theaters over here. No, no, that must have been '96 or something. No, uh, it wasn't that late because I really. Yeah, it was. Um, I'm pretty sure it was '99 or 2000 when I saw that. It was '99. Just typed it in. Yeah, 
99. Yep. Because I saw that the same year. I saw, uh, oh no, it wasn't. Because House on Haunted Hill was, yeah, actually, yeah, it would have been right. I saw that same House... year, House on Haunted Hill remake. Oh, I thought that wasn't until after that. That, that must have been after 2000, House on Haunted Hill. Really? Oh, man. Excuse me, listeners, I am old and confused. <laughs> Uh, that, I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know. Uh, you know what, though? I could be I could be wrong because I'm thinking now. I think the first time I saw House on Haunted Hill was on um, was on VHS. So, ah, um, right. It, it could it could have been after it came out. Okay. That's that's most definitely possible. <laughs> but yeah, back to back to Krampus. You're right. Yeah. The cast is awesome in this. Um, I really love Adam Scott in it. He is awesome. I love him in Parks and Rec. And I think he's got that sort of. It's sort of a dry American humor, which yes. you don't usually hear a lot. No. Um, and I think that goes really well. And uh, David uh, David uh, Kechner, Kochner, Kechner, I forget. I don't know how you say his name. Um, the bald guy who was in the American office and in uh, Anchorman. Yeah, um, he was awesome. What I thought what I thought was really interesting about him, right? So he plays, again, as he sort of typecast into a, um, a, a right-wing, gun-toting, conservative sort of Redneck. Uh, car- caricature, right? Yeah. However, it was toned down from his normal gun-toting, right-wing, caricature, conservative redneck <laughs> that he always plays. Like, if you, if you see him in, like... Um, and like I said, the American Office or Anchorman or even in um, Thank You for Smoking... It's like cranked up to eleven. He's like loud, bombastic, running around. And this, it's turned down just a little bit. Yeah, he was also he also played the scout master in Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. Oh, okay. I don't think I've seen that one. Oh, mate, you have to see that. It's so funny. <clears throat> that is your homework, Ryan, for this weekend. You That's have... my homework. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's your homework. You have to watch Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. I'll add it to the. I'll add it to the stack. It is seriously. It's so funny. It's so yeah. funny, um, but yeah, I thought the, I thought the cast was awesome in this. I love yeah. I love them bouncing off each other. Yeah, um, and like like the in the um, the old fat aunt too. She was awesome in it. Yeah, she's been in quite a fair bit as well, hasn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just loved her. Um, the fact, she brandishes a shotgun at one point, and it's like, yeah, you don't fuck the arm. So yeah, what's what's the plot of uh, Krampus? Shane? Right. Why don't you give us give us the overall story here? Right. Plot of Krampus is basically it's a family getting together for the holidays, and um, they're all like dysfunctional family basically. So you've got various members of coming from or traveling from across the state to join them all for the holidays. And there's one young lad, the the son of um, the protagonists, who writes a uh, note to Santa Claus realizes Santa Claus doesn't actually exist, or he thinks, and basically tears the note up, and as he tears it up, um, it goes off into the into the breeze, into the wind, and it all goes tits up in a spectacular fashion. They get hit with a monster blizzard, and uh, everybody ends up being stuck in the house, um, not realizing what's going on, and then it's when certain members of the family venture out to find out what's going on to try and do various bits and pieces, they go missing. And uh, it's essentially Krampus and his uh, demonic henchmen um, basically taking them off. And uh, you know, it's it's uh, pretty cool, actually, I thought. Because you can't really call them kills, can you? Say that- well, not, not to get too much into the, into the spoilers... No. 
Um, okay, sorry, um, spoiler alert, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they're, the people, they're dispatched. They're sort yeah. of taken out of the story, I guess you, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, one, by, one by one, they're picked off. Yeah. And uh, the, the minions that Krampus has around him, um, I, I loved the design of every minion with the exception of the gingerbread man. Oh, the gingerbread man. I, I, yeah, I can agree with you on that. But because like, the the other ones were designed so well, and they had practical effects, and they looked great. And the gingerbread man were little CGI gingerbread men that like crawled on people. And I mean, it might as well have been voiced by Gary Busey in the Ginger Dead Man. <laughs> See, I still haven't seen that. So, oh man, you've got it. You know what? I don't know if we could get it anywhere. If you, it, there's got to be one online. If you look up, um, uh, what's his face, um, Charles Band. If you look up Charles I... Band giving give, giving a speech about Gary Busey and Ginger Dead Man, it is hysterical. It's better than the movie itself. Oh, I, okay. I'll have to look out for that then. <laughs> Yeah, there's got to be one online. He goes around to conventions and stuff. I'm sure somebody recorded it one time, and it's got to be on the internet somewhere. Okay. But it's it's really funny. I guess Gary Busey's a nut job. But yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of the uh, gingerbread man in these. Um, I I loved the teddy bear and yeah. that like tri face thing where its face split open. Yeah, that, remind, <clears throat> that reminded me of one of the Reapers from Lake Two. And, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and also the vampires in the TV show The Strain. Mm-hmm. And um, the, um, the the scariest one though, and I'll stand by it, is that angel thing. Yeah. Like like I swear I could close my eyes and picture it now. That thing is downright terrifying. <laughs> so those and the Krampus's design was awesome too. Yes. I mean, ever since you, I think it really started with Rare Exports, where you started getting more of these like Krampus type movies. Yeah. Where it's not it's not just a guy in a Santa suit killing people, it's like an ancient demon, you know, based off of the Krampus legends, that comes out and punishes and kills the uh, you know the wicked. Yeah. And you get you know, there's a whole slew of these movies now. Most of them are made for the Sci-Fi Channel, and they're unwatchable. Mm-hmm. I mean, this one. This one and probably rare exports are the exception that you actually want to watch. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, Krampus was definitely really good. Um, had a good time. I I, I like that they actually put a budget into this thing. Yeah, I thought that was really cool because I mean it would have looked really shitty if that film had no budget. But yeah. with the cast as well, because it had it does have a stellar cast. Um, I thought they did a brilliant job with it. You know, I really did. I was. I was pleasantly surprised because um, I, I went into this watch. I went into watching this with quite low expectations because I mean mm-hmm. I don't really enjoy watching Christmas movies to be quite fair. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the holidays. Um, uh, I, I'm a big fan of Christmas horror. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's, a, that's one of my favorite subgenres. Yeah, but um, you know I, I was actually very pleasantly surprised with it because I watched it. I thought to myself. This is either going to be really poor or it's going to be really well done. And I was surprised at how well done it was. And I actually, I actually enjoyed it. I did enjoy it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, did you find the main kid? You didn't find the main kid annoying. How about the other kids that were in the movie? Oh, the other kids. They just did my head in. They really did. The, guy, uh, the kid who I thought, <laughs> I thought the kid who tried to eat the gingerbread man, you know, him being the first of, the kids to be uh, dispatched. Um, 
I actually thought his uh, removal was pretty hilarious. Um, I really enjoyed that one. And what did you what did you think when they took the baby out? Do you know, do you know what? Is, is it really strange? I don't remember too much about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my god, they took the baby. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah and they, I think that was one of the first ones they pulled right up, like, you know, the little baby they were watching. Yeah. And I was like, wow, <laughs> they're going for broke on this one. Yeah, well, it's kind of cool when you get films where not everybody, everybody is fair game, you know. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Once once you see that, you know that anyone could go at any time. Yeah, everyone is fair game and mm. everyone's expendable. So I, I actually quite enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, it, it did have some really cool um, scenes in that movie. And obviously, the end of it, I, it surprised me because obviously I hadn't seen it before. And I loved the ending. I just thought it was a really cool thing what they did with that. It was a nice little surprise, should you say. Yes. Yeah. I was, um, I don't know, I'd, I'd say a little bit disappointed with the ending. Um, I was kind of hoping for more of a. Uh, a definitive, um, a downer ending, I think, is a little better in my opinion. Or at least that's what I was kind of looking for in this movie because that's sort of what you get in Trick or Treat. Like, everything is really, like, the way the movie ends, there's people are dead, the yeah. people are un- people are unhappy, and they get their just desserts. You know, everyone who deserves it gets what they got coming to them. Um, and I sort of feel like they pulled back on that in this one. Maybe they had to, because, I mean, in the UK, Krampus was only given a 12 certificate. Okay. And um, usually films like that, I mean, Trick or Treat, or Trick or Treat, um, that was given an 18 certificate. So maybe he had to dumb it down because it, mm-hmm. it was because of the holidays. And to appeal to sort of a wider audience. Yeah, yeah exactly. So it would, just, um, it would explain why... Um, in my opinion, of why they had to like tone it down somewhat. So I mean, there's one thing like having a Christmas movie where everybody gets slaughtered, and uh, you know, <laughs> there's another thing where you uh, watch a film and then you see all these people like being dispatched, so to speak. But um, yeah, I just thought it was uh, I thought it was cleverly written. Yeah. Um, well acted, very well acted. Even the kid who wasn't the annoying kid, um, <clears throat> I thought he did a brilliant job. Right. You know, and uh, yeah, I would recommend it as a as a Christmas movie. I would. Yeah, I would say go out and get it. Yeah. Definitely, it, it's definitely worth it in the holiday season, without a doubt. And anyone can enjoy this. I think mm. you don't have to be a whore. Like, like even uh, even Elisa liked it while she was watching it. Um, she was a little surprised we were watching a movie. Um, around Thanksgiving time that was taking place at Christmas she's like <laughs> because she knows I detest people putting up decorations early Christmas decorations yeah that's that's one of my pet peeves mm-hmm. and uh, she's like why are you watching a Christmas movie and I'm like well one I got to do this podcast and <laughs> uh, and two shut up <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you know what you'll have to get Elisa on here one day just to hear I just want to hear her opinion on certain films that you watch because that just oh yeah well she'll give her opinion but it'll be she'll be like oh i hate all of them they're all terrible they're all the same but then we'll watch one and she'll be like oh that was pretty good maybe you should do a crafty one and 
do a podcast on the movies that Elisa actually likes. <laughs> uh, okay, that would be Annie. Oh, no. Um, I mean horror movies, the- dude. Horror movies. <laughs> 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 We're not going musicals here. <laughs> oh, okay. But, well, then I'm all, I'm all out of ideas then. Yeah. Okay, then. So. But when it comes to, when it comes to musical, if it's Rocky Horror Picture Show, hey, I'm down with that, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if she's ever she ever seen that. Really? Yeah, uh, you know what? Because whenever, whenever I see like Tim Curry or something, I'm like, oh, that's Tim Curry, and she's like, who the hell is Tim Curry? I'm like, what? I feel like she hasn't seen it, but I don't think she's ever admitted to it. Okay, has she seen it? Um, well, I watched it again this summer. It probably took a couple nights because I was watching it before I went to bed. She's probably seen parts of it. Okay. Have you actually pointed out to her that Pennywise is Tim Curry? I, I assure you that I have. Yeah. <laughs> okay, then. At, at, at a point, I readily... Oh, you know, she's definitely seen Tim Curry. In. We watched Clue last oh, year. Joe, I've, I've, got, I know. I've got that on DVD. I have not mm-hmm. watched it for a while, but I might have to pick that out. It's good. Yeah, it's, I, it's I, even. It, I loved Clue. The last, you know, that last twenty minutes when they're going, they're going through all the endings. Yeah, is it's the best. I, I Tim Curry. I don't know how he didn't get an Oscar for that. That was amazing. I'll tell you what's really cool about Tim Curry is that I love the fact that he does a little reference to the Rocky Horror Picture Show in that. Yeah. Very sad. So he bites his finger. <laughs> he just looks at the camera and it's like, yeah, that's my prefer to that. <laughs> but yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to our next movie. Um, let's go back back to the originals. One of the earliest slashers to ever come out. Uh, Black Christmas, 1974. Oh, the year I was born. Wow, you're as old as like some of the early slashers. I am. So yeah, this was um, directed by Bob Clark. Um, it also has a great cast, um, though most of them were relatively unknowns at the time. Yeah. Um, you know, people like Olivia Hussey, Margot Kidder, uh, of course, John Saxon, uh, one yeah. of my favorites of all time. Um, he, he was probably the big name star, I imagine, in this movie back then. Yeah, because, I mean, what had he done before that? I mean, oh. he, uh, Before that, he was in a lot of Italian movies. Right. Um, back in the 60s, he was in a few Bob movies. I know he was in... Um, the Girl Who Knew Too Much, I think. I right. don't know how big that was. Um, a, bu- a bunch of other, uh, you know, uh, 70s action movies and stuff. He's always playing a cop. He plays a cop in this, of course. <clears throat> yeah. As, you know, of course he would. Why wouldn't he be playing a cop? Yeah, he also did some, yeah, he also did some sci-fi stuff as well, didn't he? So I will, well, I will never forget him in his role in Battle Beyond the Stars. Yes, well, mo- but most importantly, he was in Enter the Dragon, which yes. actually came out a year before this, which is, <clears throat> in my opinion, one of the best kung fu movies ever made. And if my father has an opinion, the best movie ever made. Okay. It's like this, then like maybe The Godfather. Yeah, The Godfather is pretty <laughs> legendary, though, that's what you <laughs> Not according to my dad. It's, all, it's only Enter the Dragon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, but yeah, Black Christmas, um, it's a, tr- it's a, it's weird to say, but it's like, uh, it sort of set the, uh, the slasher stereotype 
of, you know, the way the plot sort of unfolds. It opens up with a kill and it's shot from the killer's perspective and it's sort of you're introduced to the characters and their quirks and everything that happens and it moves through and, you know, sort of piece by piece, they're, they're getting picked off by the killer and you're sort of left, you know, you're left guessing throughout the whole movie who's the killer and who is he going to get next and it, it moves its way through until it gets to its conclusion mm-hmm. and it's amazing that like now every other slasher movie sort of takes on this same type of plot structure. Yeah. Um, and even, um, even Halloween, this, this movie, when John Carpenter was making Halloween originally, the the way he got an idea for it was he was going to make a sequel to black Christmas and have it take place on Halloween. But then he sort of changed his mind and went, went his own way with a different thing. But you can you can really see the influence that this had on Halloween. Yeah. When you, when you, if you watch Black Christmas and then go back and watch Halloween again, um, the whole like you know the the faceless killer. You never really see the guy doing the killing. You know you have no idea what's going on. And um, and the ending of this one is is sort of left to interpretation. Yeah. Which I really like. See, it's been a while for me since I watched the original Black Christmas, but I do remember the ending. Um, yeah. I thought that was uh, really well done how they did that. And for a film as old as I am, um, I was uh, quite impressed with it. Yeah. Yep. And it. And this is a movie that moves along at sort of a quick pace, too. Yeah. You're, ne- you're never left dwelling in one spot. It, it doesn't really drag on. The plot keeps moving pretty quickly. Yeah. But um, what I found when I was watching it, the first time I actually watched it, I felt like it was longer than it actually was. Not in a bad way. Because I know it was like ninety minute, it's a ninety minute movie or thereabouts. But I actually felt like it, there was a lot more to it. If you see what I mean. So. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I I think that's because they actually, you, you get a taste of all the characters, like all the girls that are in the sorority house. Yeah. Um, you learn about all of them. They all have personalities. They all act a, a different way. They're not just carbon copies of one one another. They're not just fodder for the killer. These are actual characters. And I feel that's that's probably why it feels like you get so much out of the movie because it really does sort of build, you know, builds up who's in it. Yeah, it's got a lot of layers. Mm. And that's not necessarily a bad thing when it comes to slasher movies. No, no. I think that's a big part about slasher movies and the ones that work and don't work. The ones that work are ones that have, you know, characters that are sort of drawn out and you actually feel for them. Then the ones that don't work are that just throw random people at the screen and they get slaughtered. And you're like, yeah. OK, who the hell was that? And why do I care if this person gets killed? Yeah, because I mean, there are some movies I'll sit there and watch. And yeah, you're right. There are so many characters in slasher movies that you just don't give a shit about. Yeah, right. And um, this is one of those movies where you actually do care about the characters. Yeah, and then, like my my favorite is definitely Margot Kidder as Barb. Yeah, she is hysterical. Mm. And of course, I've got to quote my um, my cousin John's favorite line in the movie. <laughs> His favorite line in the movie is, uh, "Darling, you can't rape a townie." <laughs> it's like the most offensive thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. See, we've got to get John on here for one of these, man. We really oh, do. I definitely do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's a whole bunch, and like um, another part of the movie that really pay, sort of plays a big part is, I guess you could call it like the controversial or obscene parts that are in the movie, 
like the the killer makes phone calls to the sorority house, right? Yeah. And the calls that he makes are just the most <laughs> the most sexual, vile things that you could imagine. Yeah. And apparently on set they were they weren't saying all the things that are you know sort of recorded after the fact. Like mm. they had uh, they all came up with ideas and you know were recording them themselves and they're throwing around cunt and cock and pussy and all you know yeah all it like it's confetti at New Year's just <laughs> flying out of the phone. Um, <clears throat> But uh, a good portion of the plot also revolves around uh, one of the girls wanting to get an abortion and her boyfriend not wanting her to get one. Yeah. And you're like, oh, boy, that that's a that's a spicy topic to be tossed randomly in a horror movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, even even today, you know, you'd get some of these crazy conservatives that would be like, oh, you can't have that in there. But no, they went for it, That was, you know. Bob Clark was like, fuck it, we're going all out on this one. Yeah. And seeing as there, what, there weren't a lot of movies like this at all at the time, I mean, it takes a lot of balls to do that. Yeah. So you can you can do that. Um, you can try and do stuff like that these days, but you have to get past the censors first. Yeah, right. And um, the censors in the UK come down on that quite heavily. So um, it's like I found out the other day, uh, what was it? The other day, a few months back, I actually found out you're only allowed to use the word cunt 15 times in a movie, but you can before it gets completely edited out. 15 cunts? Yes. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I wonder how many times we can actually say that without getting get the podcast edited completely. Well, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if uh, iTunes or... The other podcasting hosting sites we go on to have any uh, anything like, you know what, maybe I should. I don't know if I've been checking the explicit tick mark. Maybe I should be putting it on there. Yeah. Explicit content contains a British individual. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, because we're on a completely different level of swearing to everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, oh, you know, as well, man, I'm quite I'm quite fluid with my with my expletives. So, uh that's that's true. Yeah, it's like it, it. You're fluent in it. It's a whole other language. Yeah, I just don't give a fuck. You know, this yeah. just me. <laughs> so yeah, this this um, I love this movie. Um, I I don't, I don't know if it is. I wouldn't call it like a perfect slash or anything like that. You know, there's a lot of things that could be improved. Um, but I like the characters. I like the kills. Yeah. Um, it's done really well. There's some amazing like camera work and and I, I guess you'd call it cinematography done. Mm. Like specifically on the one scene where Barb is killed with the glass unicorn. Yeah. And they've got this black background and in the front is are is this reflective like tchotchkes or, or whatever they are, these this crystalline figurines. Yeah. And with the light glistening off it and there's blood coming out, it I swear to god it looks like an Argento movie. Uh, it, which is it's as high a praise as you could get from me, basically. Yeah. For something like that. So I, th I think it, it really works. And I think anybody that's worth a damn um, and considers himself a horror fan has to watch Black Christmas. Yeah, I agree. And in fact, I'm probably going to make that. I'm going to probably try and do like um, a horror themed American kind of thing over, Christmas, over the Christmas period, over December, I think. Just for something different. So, and I think that will be one of the movies I watch. 
Now, if that's going to be on the list, will you also include Black Xmas or Black Christmas from 2006? Maybe not. (laughs) 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 I say that. I mean, it's okay. It's not a great film. But it's um, another one. I mean, it's got some great cameos in it. And it's got some, I wouldn't say good acting, but, you know, it's... I, I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's got uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead in it, who um, was also in the prequel of The Thing. Um, and it also mm-hmm. has Michelle Trachtenberg, who was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And Black Xmas is one of those movies, it was basically a big vehicle for her, because it was the first thing she'd done in the horror genre that was outside of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, okay. So um, it was kind of a big deal for her to be in this movie. I think she was, what, 18 years old when she made this? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's uh, there is that aspect to it as well. But... Um, Obviously, I wouldn't say it was a remake as such. It was just definitely a reimagining, but with like different killers and like there was yeah some good practical effects in it. Some of the kills were kind of cool, um, but overall, I thought story-wise, it was kind of weak. Um, yeah, I, I thought one one big thing, and I guess I'm gonna sort of it's not even a spoiler because if you if you watch the movie, it just. The way it plays out, there's there's no surprises. There's yeah. no turns. There's no twists. It's a, it's exactly as it plays out. Yeah. Um, I don't like that they tell you the whole backstory and spell out exactly who the killer is. Yeah, because they do that right at the beginning of the film, don't they? Yeah, it, it's within the first 15 minutes. You have the entire. You know exactly who this person is and why they're going to be killing people. Yeah. And in in the original, you you really don't ever find that out. It's it's sort it's left to interpretation as to if one of the people in the movie was the killer or not, <clears throat> and or it's it's just a random crazy maniac that's killing people. Yeah, see, I don't see this as a remake. I just see it as one of those films that's actually like a reimagining. It's just loosely based on the original yeah. film. But uh, yeah, they take they take parts of it. Like the the killer's name is Billy in this. Yeah. And in the original, um, the person on the telephone sometimes refers to themselves as Billy. Yeah. So it, it's like, okay, is, is that the same? You know, I, I see where they're getting this from. Yeah. But it, it, they explain the backstory the whole way about the kid. Then there's like incest and he's got some liver disease. And then there's sex tapes that are involved. Yeah. And then his sister, he's, his sister is his daughter. Yeah, that's just well, <laughs> that's just like fucked up shit on a high level. I I, <laughs> I love how crazy the the um, the movie gets with these like ideas that they're like, yeah, we'll just make this nuts, we'll go make this that. But I also feel like the there was no restraint by the filmmakers, yeah. and and I especially feel like that I, I the movie should have ended, um, in the house. Yeah, it sh- it should have ended with the house burning down. And like, oh, do you think they, you know, they should have been like, oh, do you think they got out? And I don't know. And that should have been the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. But it keeps going. It goes to the hospital and it goes to the morgue. Yeah. And then the, the killer comes back and then they're attacking the main girl again. And then she's got to escape. And I feel like if, you know, the studio had a little influence, a little more influence or somebody was like, listen, maybe pull this back a bit. You're you're overreaching here and you're you're sort of going 
too far off the deep end, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, it should have ended with the house, and the last part of the film was completely unnecessary. Because yeah, at the end absolutely. of the day, everybody in the house was dead, and she was the only survivor, and they had the killer who was going a bit mental. And well, they... there was one other. There was one other survivor at that time because they had one more kill at the ho- or two more kills at the hospital. Absolutely, yeah, but I don't know. I I like what the movie tries to do, and they were definitely like they were putting everything they could into this movie. Yeah. Um, but I think it was too much. One thing I will give them is that the the lighting and coloring in this movie is fucking brilliant. Yeah, it really is. Like there, there are all the well, the Christmas lights and the flashing lights that are constantly changing in different seasons because they have like these blinking lights on the Christmas trees and stuff. Yeah. And anything, anything that takes place back in the nineteen seventies just looks fucking awesome. Um, they do a really good job with the different colored lights and the shadows and the cinematography is really good in this movie. It's a beautiful movie to look at. Yeah, but story wise, it's a bit shit. It is a bit shit. And you can remember how I was praising all the characters that were in that movie? Yeah. Who are the characters in this movie, Shane? Uh, I don't know. They're all the same. There's yeah. there's hot chick. There's the other hot chick. There's the dark-haired hot chick. There's the drunken hot chick. Mm-hmm. Um, Mrs. Mack, again, is in it. She was in the first one, right? Yeah, and she was played by Carrie Fisher. No. Yeah. That was Carrie Fish, dude. Get out! No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. Mrs. Mac. Yeah, that was Carrie Fisher. It's a, it says Andrea Martin. Really? You are full of shit, sir. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> oh shit! I forgot about that. I got confused with something else. I've seen Carrie Fisher in. Ah, oh, damn it. Nope. Not her. Oh, I. But fine. But <laughs> even well, there you go. Yeah, but even still, so the best part about Mrs. Mac in the first movie, the lady's hiding booze. Everywhere in the house, <laughs> it is literally in every spot. Where, my, where's the character? What's the character of Mrs. Mack in this movie? Yeah, that's my kind of lady. <laughs> I don't, I don't even know what she, she doesn't have any quirky, you know, nothing quirky about her. She leaves the house and tries to leave, and then gets an icicle in the brain. That's what I know about her. Yeah, that was kind of a poor show. That. <laughs> so I don't know. Like I said, the, the the characters there are no characters in this. I mean, there's um. What's her face? Uh, Katie Cassidy, who the only reason I know her is because she's in Arrow and I watch that. So she's a she's the Black Canary in Arrow. OK. Um, spoilers for season three, I think. Or season yeah, I've, two, whatever I've not seen I've not seen any of Arrow. So this completely lost on me. Uh, I'm not I'm not going to recommend it to you. OK. I'm already too deep in it. I've gone this far. Now I have to carry through. <laughs> so. See, but um, but yeah, she's in it. Yeah, I don't watch superhero TV shows. I have a tendency just to stick with my horror. No, I watch a lot of superhero TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> I watch almost all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Love them. Yeah. But, but yeah, so um, this one's a bit of a letdown, in my opinion. Uh, I, don't th- I don't think it's... It's not a bad movie. It's not a bad slasher movie either. Um, if you just go into it, if you look at the realm of slashers from the good to the bad, this is definitely on the good side. I think it, it's a positive. Yeah. It's probably better. It's probably better than many of the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Yes, because a lot of them are shit. But it's not. I don't think it's as good as the first uh, Black Christmas. And like you said, it's not even. 
it's not a remake in a sense that it's shot for shot. They took some elements of it. Um, but it's an entirely different story. Yeah. I mean, it's the only thing that's the same is that it happens to take place at a sorority. Some of the characters' names are the same, and that's it. Oh, and it's Christmas. Yeah. But, I mean, like I said, I mean, I don't really see this as a remake at all. I just see it as a reimagining. And uh, they just didn't do a great enough job of it. That's just... Yeah. Um, that's just my opinion of it, basically. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'd watch it again if it was on. But it's just one of those films that I wouldn't go out of my way to say, oh, you really need to watch this because it's awesome. Yeah, if I was going to rank it, I'd probably give it like a five or a six. Yeah. Yeah, probably the same, actually. The kills in it, I pro- the kills in it are okay. but the, Yeah, the kills are really good, actually. They, there's some really good practical effects. Like um, on one scene where the girl gets hit in the back of the head with an ice skate. Yeah. And like her, her brain is just exposed in the back of her skull. Yeah. That's a pretty good one. Oh. So there are positives, yeah. there are positives and negatives, but. <clears throat> Agreed. So let's move on to a super popular movie that horror fans and non-horror fans can agree is an amazing movie. And that's Gremlins. Sorry. <laughs> Shade, have you ever seen Gremlins? Yes, I have. Many, many, many times. <laughs> I love that film. And I do love that film. It's genuinely one of my favorite movies. Yeah, that's one of those movies that you can watch. No matter <clears throat> no matter how long it's been since you've watched it, if you watch it again, you're going to be smiling. You have to, like, you could have watched it the day before, and then you see it's on. You're like, ah, maybe I'll just watch it a little bit. <laughs> and then you're like, i got to watch the whole fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I personally think, is awesome. I absolutely, because I remember, because that came out in 1984, I was 10 years old, and I can remember when it got released in the UK, it was given a 15 certificate. So, wow. Yeah, I couldn't actually go to see it at the cinema. And to this day, it's still a 15 certificate. Uh, really? Yeah. yeah. Um, and as is Gremlins 2, funnily enough, they both um, got given a 15 certificate. Um, at the cinema but yeah I remember it was a few years after that after it came out that I actually got to release uh, watch it because I think my brother rented it on VHS yeah and uh, <clears throat> watched it absolutely loved it you know it's just everything about the film the story it's like the dad going into Chinatown finding a little creature buying it for his son taking it home you know don't feed it after midnight no bright lights don't spill water on it, all that kind of stuff. And then you think, oh, great, within the first 24 hours, he's done all three. Brilliant! <laughs> <laughs> you know, you all know it's going to be uh, hilarity in shoes. And yeah. uh, I just loved everything about that movie, how it all unfolds. And it's just, oh, it's just perfect. It's such a perfect film. Um, you know, it, I can quite happily sit there and uh, watch it again and again. You know, I watched it last night. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I still sat there with a big smile on my face, you know, at the end of it. Oh, yeah, I did I did much the same. I watched it, like, two days ago. It was the same thing. Um, and, and this is one of those Amblin Entertainment movies, you know, Steven Spielberg produced, and it had, like, you, you sort of get the same vibe that you get on something like Goonies yeah. or any of the other Amblin movies from the 80s. Mm. Um, it just brings back your childhood. Like, oh, I mean, okay. if you grew, 
you know, I grew up in the 80s and 90s, and this was on rotation constantly yeah. at my house. It's and just, it's one of those movies that, like, I could, I would watch it with my mom. She would sit down and watch this because it's so ridiculous and fun. Yeah. And it um, is, that's what it is. It is fun. I mean, even the gremlins, when they, when they pupate and they transform. I mean, I still say my favorite of the gremlins is Stripe. He's just, <laughs> he's awesome. He really is. He just cracks me up so much. And it's just some of the little things that the gremlins do. I mean, <laughs> when you, when they're in the pub. Um, Phoebe Kate's character. Yeah. Um, when they're in the pub and they're just taken over the pub, and some of it is just absolutely hilarious. It creases me up so much when they're all just getting absolutely slaughtered on beer. And then, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like flashing each other and blowing each other up and stuff. It's genius. I loved it. Yeah, it was. It is a great cast in this with Phoebe Cates. Uh, Zach Galligan is the. Has he been in things other than Gremlins and Gremlins Two? Uh, waxwork. Oh, Waxwork, right, of course. How could I forget that? Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. Well, he's done a few low-budget movies. So I actually follow him on Twitter and um, claim to fame. I've actually, my, fr- my friend Lee actually regularly speaks to Zach Galligan on Twitter. Really? Because yeah. um, they've, got, they've got a mutual love for cats. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so they talk a lot about animals and stuff like that, and like certain movies. And um, I don't know whether this is a spoiler or not, but basically, how they talk, how last conversation he had was essentially about how Gremlins Three is happening, and uh, <laughs> how it could be sooner rather than later. So uh, I don't know. I'll be- I'll believe that when I see it. Yeah, likewise. But um, I just thought it was. Uh, I just thought it was really funny. Yeah, he's great in it. Um, one of my favorites, horror staple, Dick Miller. Yeah. He's in it, of course. Um, Corey Feldman. You can't have an 80s Amblin movie without Corey Feldman in it. I'm right. And he was irritating. Uh, ah, so. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I love that. I love that when you don't even for, you don't even know it's Corey Feldman until like the third scene that he's in because he's dressed up as a Christmas tree. Yeah. And then he's got to take the Christmas tree costume off. <laughs> it's 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 so funny. Who the hell is makes their kid dress as a Christmas tree to sell Christmas trees? Yeah, how are they possibly gonna move it around? Oh man, it's so good though. I love this movie. The um and all the set pieces, and I say set pieces because you can remember distinct, you know, distinct things happening in the movie. Like I could picture right now just their kitchen and <laughs> all the chaos that happens with like you've got the microwave one and the blender one yeah. and even you know the dumb stuff that happens before the gremlins start attacking like the juicer going on the fritz and all the <laughs> crazy inventions that are around the house. Oh yeah, it's the bathroom buddy. The bathroom buddy. <laughs> yeah, it cracks me up that. And uh, what else was it? The, um, the smokeless ashtray. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and then uh, Juice-O-Matic or whatever it was called, the yeah. Juice Master. And that coffee machine uh, that came out, came out as sludge. That's <laughs> just sludge. Yeah. He's, like, what's, he's like, what's wrong with it? Yeah, so we can't drink this. <laughs> it looks like mud. That's brilliant. Yeah, it's, it's the stuff taking place at the movie theater, that, that was awesome. I love that. Um, <laughs> originally, I guess, um, Joe Dante wanted to have, I don't know if you've seen this, it was... Um, the old Looney Tunes um, episode where Bugs Bunny's got to fight the gremlin on the airplane. Yeah. <clears throat> he wanted to have that playing, and for whatever reason, 
either they couldn't clear it with Warner Brothers, because Warner Brothers was making the movie, either they couldn't clear it with them, they didn't want to have Bugs Bunny in it or something, I don't know, there was some... There's some argument as to why why they couldn't have it in there, and they couldn't get so they were they were upset that they couldn't get it playing in there. Yeah. Um, he actually then tried to get it in the second movie, and he recorded a scene with it in the second movie, and then it got cut for oh, time. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh damn it! That would have been so, so funny. But yeah, this movie's so good, um, and it was done on. Even though the effects are amazing, it was done on a relatively small budget for for sort of a big '80s movie from a major studio. Yeah. Um, they say it was like eleven million dollars, but when you see, you know, how many gremlins were made, and and the the effects that they do, I mean, they throw every effect at this thing that you can. You know, there's like stop motion, and there's green screen effects, and there's all kind. You know, no, obviously no CGI. They didn't have that yeah. back in the day, but um, everything was great in this. Mountains of slime. Mm-hmm. You love. You just got to love slime. You really have. Oh yeah, the more slime, the better. Yeah. Um. So, but then they um, they went ahead and Warner Brothers, I guess, after the success of this one, because this was a big hit. Yeah. Um, it, it, it made millions. Warner Brothers wanted to make a second one, and for years they were like bringing in scripts and reading them, and they could never get it off the floor. And Joe Dante never wanted to make a second one. He's like, "No, I won't do it. No, I won't do it." Finally, Warner Brothers is like, "Listen, we're gonna give you a shitload of money, and we're gonna let you do whatever you want." Just as long as you call it Gremlins 2, we don't care. Yeah. And he's like, oh. Well, in that case, he decided that he was going to make sort of like a spoof of sequels. Yes. To, to make it so insane and over the top that it is essentially a spoof of the original movie. And he takes the piss out of the original movie at every chance that he could get. But it fucking works and it works so well. Yeah. And I had I hadn't seen the second one in quite a while, and I watched it like last night. Yeah. And my God, I think it. I don't know that it, it's not better than the first one, but it is so fucking entertaining having just watched the first one see, that you can't help but enjoy it. Yeah. See, I love the second one. Um, the second movie just reaches me up so much. I mean, you, what more could you ask for? They're in New York City. They've got. They're in a high-rise building. Um, yeah, you know you've got Christopher Lee. Oh, he's so good. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> yeah. So you've got all of that kind of stuff, and then you've got fucking Gizmo, and because obviously, let's reiterate. Basically, the old Chinese guy who ran ran the shop, uh, the shop, the little trinket shop. He passes away, right. and um, basically, Gizmo then gets found after he escapes the shop by the twin scientists who then take him back to the high-rise building where they have a lab where they do all these experiments on animals and stuff like that. Well, I say experiments. They try to... It's splicing, isn't it? It's kind of like... Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a genetic engineering lab. That's right. So, basically, they get up there and then Billy, or Zach, Gallag- Zach Galligan's character and his girlfriend, played by Phoebe Cates, they return in this film because they're both working in the same building. And um, basically, Billy overhears the mailman whistling Gizmo's little tune that he sings. Yep. And uh, Billy then um, goes up to the lab, finds Gizmo. They get reunited, which is actually really quite sweet. Then it all goes a bit tits up. (laughs) 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 In quite a spectacular fashion. And um, 
it's uh, really, really funny, this movie, because I saw this in the theatres. It was 1990 when it got released over here. Yeah. And I went and saw this in the theatres. And what's really cool about it is I can always remember the scene where it cuts, kind of like halfway through the movie. And <laughs> on the cinema, we had like celluloid and burnt film and stuff like that, where on VHS, it was like static. I always remember that. I remember watching Yeah. And so I've got I've got the DVD and the DVD it shows the cinema version. It's yeah, the, um, the one. it's the, the the tape burning and breaking away. Yeah, and one. I hadn't really I hadn't really seen that until I got the DVD. Yeah, and then you with uh, what I loved about it is like you had the um uh, you had the gremlins doing the shadow puppets with like bunny rabbit and um uh, what was it the little bat and President Lincoln, which I thought was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Um. So yeah, you you had all of those, and then uh, you had Hulk Hogan in it as well, <laughs> which I thought was brilliant. Um, and then it goes back to the film, and it was just absolutely fucking classic. It, yeah, it, everything yeah. They, it. Like, like I was saying, how they how they sort of went the parody route. You, they break the fourth wall two or three times in this movie. Yes, it, it, like they got that part. They've got the part where. Um, Leonard Maltin is giving a review of the original Gremlins and yeah. saying that it's shit. Yeah. And all the Gremlins kill him. Yeah. And then, <laughs> oh, then you've got the scene with uh, Christopher Lee um, when you've got the Gremlin that drinks the vampire bat um, yeah. serum. And then it's basically, it's got him, the bat, and like the whole reference to Dracula. And then, then, now, have you, have you seen the deleted scene with Christopher Lee? Uh, I don't think I have. Do you have the DVD? Yeah, I do have the DVD, yeah. Okay. All right. You, you'll love this. Go check it out. It's it's there's a deleted scene of him. Um and it's 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 before that. It's like in the beginning when they're sort of going through the lab before they, you know, unveil that the the two twins have Gizmo. Yeah. So he's going through the lab and checking it out. And um they come around and they show the guy that's working on the bat serum. Right. So he's got this he's got this bat in a cage and Christopher Lee bends down. And he's like, oh, what are we working on here? And he's like, oh, I'm extracting blah, blah, blah. But he's like, here, watch this. And he takes the bright light and he shines it on the bat and yeah. nothing happens. And he goes, yeah, we're working. I'm also working on this, you know, sunblock preventative gene to, you know, allow <clears throat> bats to go out in the sunlight. And they show Christopher Lee's face and he goes, oh, that would be very useful for vampire bats. <laughs> and the guy's the guy goes, actually, it's just a South American one. He's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant! I can't, I can't believe they cut it out. It was so funny. Oh, but it's like his Christopher Lee's death scene in that when he gets electrocuted by the by the electro <laughs> He's just priceless. It really is. Yeah, like, you got you. You gotta watch those deleted scenes, Shane. You'll love them. I think I may have done before, but it's been such a long while since I watched them. I might have to re revisit that. In fact, I might do that after we've done this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I um, because I watched the movie with the director's commentary on. It was it was um Joe Dante and Zach Galligan was on there too, and I think a couple of the the, the secondary unit directors and stuff were on there too. Right. Um, and so that every time they would come up to something, they'd be like, oh, right here is where we would have had this scene where Christopher Lee's talking about a vampire bat. And I'm like, oh, my God, I got to watch these scenes. <laughs> but it was good. There was a pretty good insight. And especially Joe Dante, when he's sort of describing how he was going into it, he's like, well, they let us have free reign. So I sort of did what I wanted to. And, yeah. and 
nobody was holding us back. He said the only constraints they had was time. They couldn't make the movie, you know, like three hours. Yeah. So yeah, the, at the at in the end when they, he had all these great these scenes and this great footage and stuff, they had to make it you know a nice short compact movie. So they had to chop a lot of stuff out of it. Which is a shame because I would love to have seen all of that. I would I would love to see a director's cut with a lot of this stuff put back in. Oh yeah. They actually went back and they reshot a bunch of scenes. Um, to sort of shorten them up and remove different elements. Um, I know, like they had one scene where they introduced um, Grandpa Fred, who who is essentially the the Grandpa Monster ripoff. Yes. Um, but they introduced him earlier in the movie, and they were like, "We didn't like that. We liked it better the you know the other way. We introduce it where he's just there in costume on set. Yeah. We, you know that works a lot better than they had him like walking through the lobby talking to somebody. Yeah." But, but that was interesting. Why? So they had this guy, uh, Robert Prosky, who, if you remember from Christine, um, he plays the guy that owns the garage. Yeah. Or he was in Last Action Hero, too. He plays the guy that, that, that gives the ticket to the little kid that goes into the movie. Yeah. Um, he is dressed up in the Grandpa Munster out, um, outfit, and he looks and acts exactly like Grandpa Munster. Why didn't they just get Al Lewis, who played Grandpa Munster? Yeah. He was alive at the time, and he was still doing <laughs> Grandpa Lewis. Yeah, he wasn't doing a great deal, though, was he? Because when was that? That was 1990. So, yeah, that wouldn't have been... wasn't doing a massive amount. He was, he was still... I mean, he wasn't... And so Dante addresses this on the, uh, on the commentary, and he's like, well, we wanted an actor, not a personality. Yeah. And I'm like, oof, ouch. If, if Grandpa Al Lewis was still alive, I'm sure he'd go up and punch Joe Dante in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, so that's all good. Um, it, this movie's just so much fun. Um, and we weren't even going to really talk about this because it's not a Christmas movie. It doesn't take right. place at Christmas. It has nothing to do with Christmas. But it's but Gremlins watch- too. Yeah, watching it again, I'm like, there's no way I can't talk about this movie. It's so much fucking fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, for a start, it's Gremlins 2. You can't watch one without the other. Yeah, right. You know, and I've always, like I said to you the other night when I was talking to you on Facebook, it's like, I had to watch it, you know. <laughs> I didn't have a um, choice. Yeah, exactly. It's just one of those movies. It's like, oh, do I have a late night? I'm going to watch Gremlins. I need to watch it for the podcast. But I thought, fuck, I've got to watch Gremlins 2 as well. Because <laughs> they're both movies that I absolutely love. And, um, yeah, I mean, the transvestite gremlin in number two just oh my god, greases me up so much, <laughs> so fucking funny. And it's like because at the end of the film, spoiler alert, if you sad fuckers still haven't seen gremlin two, you know, you should have. Um, she's actually the only gremlin that's left, that's right, because that would lead on nicely to gremlins three. In some kind well, of Gizmo's place. still alive too. You can yeah. just take that stupid thing and dunk him in water. Yeah, and well, he always, always gets dunked in water one way or another, doesn't he? Yeah, right. But do you know what I loved about Gizmo in this one? <laughs> the Gremlins just push him way too far, and he watches Rambo, <laughs> and he just goes fucking mental, doesn't he? They, they, the Gremlins spend the entire movie torturing Gizmo <laughs> yeah. in various means. Yeah. They hit him with, they hit him with the toy train. Yeah. They elect, they electrocute him. Yeah. 
there there was like all kinds of different torture methods they're they're, they're doing to Gizmo. Yeah. And then finally he snaps and he goes Rambo on. <laughs> I just love the bit. His his um his montage was just so funny when he hits the punch bag or the punch ball and it hits him and it knocks him flying. And then <laughs> when he's tooling up with the bottle of Tipex and the the uh um, paper clip and the rubber band and stuff like that and it was just so funny it's just classic absolutely classic yeah yeah that stuff is really awesome um i i love to i don't know if you noticed this they destroy so every every way they kill the gremlins in the first one yeah they destroy that method so like uh when they when zach galligan takes one of them back to um back to his apartment they break a blender <laughs> yeah. and then and then when they're on microwaving with marge they blow up a microwave <laughs> and like every way that they've like taken out a gremlin they go through and they like destroy that way of taking them out so they're like we're not doing the same thing <laughs> we're doing something completely different yeah it's just priceless such a good film and th- and that's why at the at the at the end um when they were like, well, why don't we just open the doors and blast them with light? And they're like, no, that's how we killed them in the first one. we got to come up with a new way to kill them. So they, <laughs> yeah. so they didn't do that. No. But it was just, I just loved the fucking oh, the sing-along where they start singing New York, New York. Just, <laughs> all the gremlins when they're singing yeah. along as well. It's it, priceless. It gets, it, it is, when it gets to that point, it is 0% horror. I mean, not that there's a lot of horror movie in, in that yeah. in the first place, but... Yeah, by the time you get there, you're just along for the ride. Oh, you know? yeah. And it, for me, Gremlins 2, it's, just, it's right up there with Gremlins, but for all different reasons. Yeah. No, I agree. I 100% agree. Gremlins 1, while it's comical, it, it sort of takes the plot seriously. It's like, no, you have to obey the rules, and this is how they behave, and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, they act like jerks, and they sort of bounce around. But Gremlins 2, there's no fucking rules at no, all. Oh, man. Like, they get into the genetic engineering's lab. They start turning into spiders and vegetables and oh. th- women. <laughs> it's the bit when it's the bit when they're in the bar, in the cocktail bar, and the gremlin just grabs a spring up, uh, grabs an olive off the gremlin's face, and just pops yeah, right. in his drink. <laughs> <laughs> it's just brilliant. It's so funny, and I, oh. I've met a couple of people in the past who've said they never liked that movie, and I've said you don't like that movie, but you're wrong. Yeah. So, they are wrong because that movie's genius. So much, they are wrong. so much so. I might have to watch it again tonight. It's really bad, isn't it? I know I only watched it last month, <laughs> but I might have to watch it. Watch again. it. What? Yeah, yeah. Watch it again. Watch the watch the deleted scenes. Yes. And by the way, Dead Snow Two has started, and I can safely say that in fifteen minutes that I've watched it, this film is shit. <laughs> really? Oh well, my! My brother's got high praise for that movie. He said it's really good. He thinks it's better than the first one. Well, because the first in the first ten minutes, you get a complete rehash of like the original film. So you actually get a lowdown of all the kills, how it happens, and a guy waking up in hospital with a new arm. You know, and it's oh, I don't know. It's just not my bag. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's right. I forgot he had his arm ripped off at yeah. the end. Cut it off with a chainsaw. Yeah, that's right. So, so basically, oh he's got the zombie commander's arm, and the zombie commander has his arm. That's what I'm gathering, because the zombie commander has just resurrected his entire forces. Jim nice. got, just gone to a church, killed a priest, turned him into a zombie, and uh, that's all going off. Mm. So, yeah. But anyway, 
Gremlins 2, everybody. If you don't like it, you're wrong. You have to go. Yes. Really? You need to watch it. That's that's the rule. So, yeah, that's awesome. Um, I guess we'll wrap up our uh, first episode of the Christmas season. Yes. And uh, hopefully we'll get another one recorded later. And uh, hopefully we'll get that big windfall of money that's going to be coming in. Oh, yeah. That'd be cool. And maybe a and new mic. We'll get you that mic. <laughs> <laughs> well, Shane, if you're really good, maybe you can ask Santa. Yeah, all right. Could, uh, you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're definitely getting coal. Or, or worse, it'll just be a hunk of dried shit. Yeah, or basically. Like, I'm not wasting... It'll be like, I'm not wasting coal on this guy. A, a dried husk of a tangerine. <laughs> <laughs> just the skin. Yeah just, yeah, just the skin, or maybe like a bag of shelled nuts. Not about the nuts. You know? <laughs> That'd be me. Because I am grump, I'm a grumpy fucker. <laughs> but, yeah. See, that's what we got for today. Um, before we go, I wanted to give a shout-out to... Uh, to Amy, who's got her uh, her new um, YouTube channel, uh, Blood, Guts, and Social Commentary. Um, she's a friend of the show and does awesome stuff. And if you go on YouTube and just look that up, Blood, Guts, and Social Commentary, you can find... I think she's got a new episode came up a couple days ago, I think. Okay. I didn't get a chance to watch it yet. Um, I, I know it had a picture... It was a found footage episode, I think. All right. Um, but she does good stuff. She sort of analyzes tropes and horror and um and talks about them mm. and it's good it's interesting stuff cool so everybody should everybody should go watch slash listen to that yeah i think i'll have to do that at some stage um oh, 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 there we go um yeah i will do that and um also give a shout out to um so, oh my god this movie is just turned taking the tone for the worst Oh, Jesus. Yeah, this guy's just throwing a kid out of a window at the hospital. <laughs> With his zombie Nazi arm kind of thing. Just literally throwing him through some bars and through the glass. And, yeah, he's <laughs> <it's> dead. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I want to give a shout-out um, to a couple of friends of mine who are fans. They are members of UHM fan page on Facebook. So I want to give a shout-out to... Bill Colwell and Darren Branson. I did promise I would give them a shout out at some point. Um, and that, those guys are pretty damn cool because uh, they often comment on a lot of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'll just give those guys a shout out. Um, and that's about it, really. But when I can come, yeah. up, I can come up with more shout outs, I shall. Um, yes, or if you want a shout out, hit us up yeah. and maybe we'll shout you out. Yeah, and also I would like to point out that you can follow us. Obviously, there's the two UHM pages on Facebook. You've got your upcoming horror movies, and you've also got upcoming horror movies fans. Uh, yeah, try to go to the fans one. Yeah, uh, that's where all that that's where all the action is. Yeah, uh, and it's it's a closed group, but if you just request to get in it, yeah, or if you um, want if you want information about the UHM fans group page. Um, Hit me up or Ryan on Twitter. I'm at Dead Cell Society on Twitter. Um, Ryan is at Ryan Tutelo on Twitter also. That's, that's very correct. Yes. Um, you can also hit me up on Instagram, or as I like to call it, Instaspaz. Um, uh, I am at Dead Cell Society 74 on there, so you can hit me up on there. 
Um, there, I have posted a link in my bio on Instagram, so if you want to find it, you can. Um, and uh, I've actually posted a link to the SoundCloud page, so there is a link there for all the previous podcasts that we've had. Right. Yeah, there. I don't. I don't think we spell out enough how people can get this. Where SoundCloud is where we host. Um, that where the main thing gets posted. Um, yeah. But you can also get us from iTunes. I think uh, there might be a Stitcher. I think I linked it to that, and there's another one too that I'm blanking on. Um, but you know, SoundCloud, iTunes. If you have any um, Android software or whatever, you can search those directory. Any podcast software will should be able to search those directories and find us. So spread spread it around. Yeah. Let everyone know. And um, yeah, or or you can shoot us an email too. I forgot about that. UHM yeah. UHM podcast UHM pod at Gmail. No, I forgot which one it is. I don't remember <laughs> what it is. <laughs> I think it's UHM pod at Gmail dot com. Do you actually get any emails on that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I get a lot of spam. Oh, well, that's something. Not on that one though. No. <laughs> it, it just gets it gets forwarded to my main account. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so send me some send me your spam so I'll be able to get a look at that. Yeah, and maybe we'll discuss. But yeah, we'll do, and if you can give us some suggestions of movies you want to hear hear us talk about, <clears throat> you can do that too. Yeah, hit us on any, any of those things. Uh, Twitter and Facebook are probably the best way to get a hold of us. Yeah, any suggestions, recommendations, requests, questions. Yeah, comments, checks, death threats, nudes. Yeah, not so much nudes. All- but, you know, yeah, <laughs> death threats, so we always get those anyway, but yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> those, those, those are mostly coming in from our family and friends. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, that's about it. So thanks for joining us, everybody. Okay. And um, we'll see you next time. Bye Later. for now. Laters.